Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the Star Wars show brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Mark Asquith, back in the co-pilot seat after uh, being left in the Kessel Spice Mines last week on a dirty errand for everyone's favourite scoundrel, Lando. But I'm back this week, it's finally paid up, and I'm back in the old... I don't want to say the Falcon because I feel like it gets a little bit too much love. I'm back in the dilapidated A-Wing, taking myself through the galaxy, running across scoundrels like this old lad, Mr. Gary Aylert. He's back. Thanks for covering last week, dude. How are you doing? Had your hair cut? I have, man. Thank you for noticing, yeah. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Smooth. It's important, yeah, now that the barbers are back open. I forgot how regularly barbers, uh, trips to the barbers were needed. Mm, two weeks. Judged fair, it wrong it? as well. Yeah, well, I used to go every two weeks-ish. When I went just after lockdown had eased up, I was like, that's all right, I'll leave it a few weeks, maybe four, yeah, about a month, probably a month is good. Mm. Too long. Too long. Yeah, you've got to so. watch out for that. You've got to watch out for that, especially at our age, because you think long hair suits you. It doesn't, you know? We're not Brad yeah. Pitt. Exactly, yeah. You just end up looking like a bit of a dick for a week until you can get to the barbers. And th- I've noticed that <laughs> Mark's just like, mm-hmm. Nodding. Silently, like yeah, I read you. And uh, the couple of barbers that I go to in my in my town, they have an online booking system, which is fairly cool. But the problem with that is everybody books. I want a booking system that's just for me. I want them to clear the schedule. So, like Gary, when you come on, we'll cancel everyone else's, and you can book what you want. I but that, that doesn't happen ultimately. So, well, selfish shame. as well, aren't they? Then not only are they cutting that's hair, but they're uh, cutting expectations. I understand. It's how it works. It's how it works. What's uh, what's the week been like, dude? Been been any Star Warsy stuff? Has there been any Star Warsy stuff? Um, no, there hasn't really. Not this week. I've not read anything Star Warsy. The only thing I've done is I've added the Darth Vader, big, bulky omnibus thing to my list of stuff to pick up. So I noticed that they had a couple of those launch in the last week or so for Star Wars. They had the Doctor Afro one. And then they had the first round of the Darth Vader uh, ones that have been running for a couple of years now. And, you know, the big omnibus, you know, the big chunky boys. Yeah. So I've added those because I kind of am gravitating more towards the the omnibuses these days just because they look badass on the shelf. But yeah. So I added the Vader one. I'm not sure about the Dr. Aphra one, though, because I didn't pick up those individual comics. So I'm not sure yet. I might have to pick up maybe one of the trade paperbacks and see what it's like. But who knows? Yeah, I like that, dude. I like the omnibuses myself, like uh, the collections and, you know, even when, because they collect like, they sort of pull, uh, what is it, six to eight issues usually into a trade and then eventually, like they did it with the Green Lantern stuff where you end up with just a big ass 
giant omnibus of the Jeff, Jeff Johns run, or at least the first half of it, and then the second half in another one. And like, it is like that step up from the graphic novel esque trade paperback, isn't it? It's like if you want to run, you don't have to mess about buying everything. I get that, dude, because I. Like, I'm a real sucker for the individual comics, but then, I, like, I never read them when they come out. I never read them. Mm. And so I've sort of started just doing collections where, you know, say for one, like, they did uh, Three Jokers, the Batman one recently. And I was like, yeah, that'll be all right. It's five issues or whatever it is. That'll be pretty sweet. I'll get that because it's small enough, not that much space on the old shelf. But if it's like the Vader comic or whatever, like you said, the Afro comic, it's fairly ongoing. So it can be a right pain in the ass unless you've got a load of room to story. So I get that. I get that totally, dude. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, mm, mm. I might, I've been sort of wanting to get into the Vader stuff. I know we're going to talk about it a little bit today, but yeah, it, it, I read a bit of it when Afro was in it, and it's it's really decent, dude. So I'm uh, I'm excited for you to get into that. Yeah, well, I've I've got the first two graphic uh, trade paperbacks, I suppose. I've got the first two when I did that run mm. a while ago, but then I dropped off. Uh, for what you were just telling, you know, you were just saying, because it's a really long ongoing run. And I used to be like years ago, I used to be in it. I was in like in the game for the, the single issues. It was all good. But then as soon as you start dropping off, it's so difficult to get back in it. Like if you let mm. a, a few weeks or a couple of months slide, it's, it's game over. It's like, well, I need to get these back issues. That comic book store doesn't do them. They mm. do one of them. This guy does the other one. It just becomes a mess, man. So yes, we'll probably pick up the Vader one. Um, we'll see about Afro. Yeah. yeah, good shout, man. Good shout. Sounds good. I've been doing the old Phantom Menace. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, I've done the Grogu Lego? Nearly through that one, and then I've got the old uh, R two to start. But uh, yeah, I've been, I've been, I finished the Thrawn book, the second one, which is pretty badass. I actually really enjoyed that. Um, it, you can tell it's it's a story of three pieces. You know, you can tell it's going to be one big overarching story. And, and they're sort of lining everything up where you can see he's either going to be exiled or he's going to do something. You know the, the, you know when we find him in the throne book that's new canon and he's on that planet and he sort of runs rings around the Empire. It's uh, it, You can see it like leading up to the fact, like, how did he get on this planet? So I'm really up for that because I think it's sort of a, it'll be more of a, a six-piece story arc, which I think is quite cool. Um, but then started Phantom Menace and I'd never read this. Like, I'd never even read anything pertaining to it. You know, I'd never got any sort of uh, inclination of how it might differ from the movie. And so far, dude, it's, like, far better. And as it's aged, I don't mind The Phantom Menace. I see it for what it is now. And, you know, see, we talked about it when we talked about the Family at War thing, how the depth of it is just so much better than the sequels. Um, But, dude, this is awesome. It, like, starts with Anakin. I don't know if you've read it, but it's all just about Anakin and how bad he is at how bad he is at pod racing because of Sebulba just cheating and like introduces his false sensitivity and his reactions and his, in particular, his relationship to his mum, like which was such a big deal in Attack of the Clones, but never really fleshed out that much. And in the book, dude, it's like he holds her in such a high regard, like he'd never lie to her, he'd never BS her. You know, it was, yeah, just far better you know, it's always the case, isn't it, man? Books always get under the skin of it so much more. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm actually really enjoying that, which is which is interesting. Although what's it, what is curious is um, when you go on Goodreads, it's got the same kind of divisive set of reviews as the movie. You know what I mean? Because it's it, people can't see past it being episode one. You know, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know. That's quite fascinating. Some people, yeah. <laughs> 
Those kids. The curse. Yeah. The curse of the prequels. Anyhow, thanks for covering last week, dude. Enjoyed the show. And uh, some interesting pieces that you went through. Um, I mean, some not interesting stuff. Um, you know, some, uh, some, 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 some clear guff. I feel like you attended to well. Um, well, it's the way of the, it's the, it's the will of the force. Sometimes you have to cover the trash to uncover the good. I guess that's the way Star Wars news works. That's it. That is exactly it. That is it. And well, this week yep. we've, we've got a little more of that actually. Uh, mm. we've got a bit of Zack Snyder. <laughs> We've got well, uh, we've got some hashtags. Um, we've got an interesting tweet that went a bit viral. Um, we've got something from JJ, and we've got something that is quite a fascinating little theory, um, but it's like the biggest clickbait headline on the planet. So we'll get to that in a little while, because it really is clickbait. But before we do that, before we really dig in, we're going to uh, just give a shout-out to Twitter and to Instagram. If you want to chat Star Wars with us, if you uh, if you want to just get involved, obviously do that at Rebellion underscore Spark on Twitter, uh, Spark Rebellion Show on Instagram. Hit us up, and uh, we'll chat. You know, we always have a bit of bants. It sounds like, a, sounds like a good place to just chat. So let us know what you've been up to on the old Star Wars, uh, I, want to say, I want to say on the galactic uh, hollow net and then I thought that sounds a little bit weird. But, you know, whatever you've been up to, let us know. And if you want to get involved as well, hit us up on patreon.com slash Rebellion. You can help to support the show if you like it. Now, the uh, the Snyder Cut. I enjoyed it. Four hours of DC goodness. I actually quite enjoyed it. I don't, have you seen it yet? Have you watched it yet? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, well, it's uh, it wasn't difficult to be better than the theatrical no. cut, let's be honest. And this one is pretty decent. You can see what he was going for. You can see that his initial vision was uh, was accomplished a lot more in this um, epic four-hour cut. Yeah, so I didn't mind it, dude. It's pretty good. Oh, all right then. All right then. Oh, good. I'm glad about that. Well, the same guy, mm. the old Snyder man himself, the Snyder, probably the most jacked director working these days. He's got, you know what I mean? He's got arms like my neck. He's, uh, he's, he was, he was kind of rumored to do a bit of Star Wars work. So back in the day, back in about 2013, he was, um, he was rumored to be doing not only the Man of Steel stuff and the DC stuff, but something inspired by the old classic Kurosawa, um, you know, you know the, the deal, the seven samurai stuff, the stuff that inspired Lucas all those years ago. He was apparently helming, um, depending on the reports, if you look at Vulture and a couple of other places, either one or a series of movies focusing on this particular thing. Um, and it's kind of surfaced this week that, that, you know, number one, it was sort of before the sequel trilogy and it was Zach really pitching. I mean, it's weird because Lucasfilm was sort of sold in 2013. But it was Zack saying, according to the reports, you know, just give me the keys to the franchise, let me have a play around with it. And the concept was that he was just going to do this sort of, um, this Seven Samurai style thing where, you know, it's seven people walk into a situation and one of them comes out sort of scenario, and, and which is pretty badass. If it was Jedi or if it was, again, Sith or vice versa or whatever, it could have been pretty cool. We know how good Zack Snyder is at action. Maybe not so much with the old plot, but then we got the sequel trilogy. So, you know, glass houses. And... It's it's interesting because apparently this is it apparently it's, it's just going to be a, 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 a completely standalone thing now on Netflix. Like there will be this effectively this story and all these ideas that he had for Star Wars will make it into 
the next set of projects that he's got for Netflix. So he's signed on for Netflix with the Army of Dead franchise, which is actually apparently pretty good. Um, he's doing a couple of anime TV shows over there, and he's doing a couple of other things with Netflix as well. And apparently this is one of them, albeit not a Star Wars project. Um, so I suppose the two things that I want to just kind of ask. Number one, like, could that have been pretty badass in Star Wars? Like, would you look forward to seeing that? Number two, you know, what do we feel about Zack Snyder getting the keys to the Star Wars universe? Mm. in it yeah this is a real a real on the fence one for me dude because i'm not sure if uh god whenever things like that happen with the justice league film or ryan johnson's the last jedi and stuff whenever stuff like that gets really bad fan backlash you it immediately makes you think well i don't want that person anywhere near you know the franchise any or just anything at all like you don't want ryan johnson coming back you don't want him to do anything more star warsy and you certainly don't want Zack snyder turning up and making star wars films but then i don't know i think it, it involves a little bit more intelligence and i think you have to look through the whole the the media and the fan stuff and just try and try and figure out if you personally like Zack snyder's work not just the failed Justice League, you know? So I think if you're a fan of his stuff, and I haven't seen the new um, Army of Dead thing on Netflix yet. It looks pretty badass, but I've not seen it yet. Uh, so if you if you appreciate some of the older stuff and the other bits that he's done, then sure. If the if the script turns out to be pretty, pretty good, and it's a solid idea, then I think he could make a really good Star Wars film, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think that, yeah, so to answer your first question, um, it would have been cool if it was correct, you know, if it was a good story and stuff. Second question, yes, I would like to see Zack Snyder make a Star Wars film, but it would have to be it would have to be a case of let him do his thing, which I know is potentially dangerous because they did that mm-hmm. with Ryan Johnson. But I think I think Snyder, when you give him the space, you know, could be very cool. So yeah, yes and yes. Well, I'm with you on that, dude, because if you look at... It's sort of been surfaced that the Sucker Punch, terrible movie, but apparently, you know, that's got... That that was deviated so much from the original version because of the studio interference. Then you look at what happened with Watchmen and the director's cut of that, BVS Ultimate Edition, Snyder Cut. None of these are... are, None of them are, are, are the Godfather, but what they're not is boring, and what they're not is... is um lacking in style, you know? So there's a, he's, Snyder's one of those people that can do what he sets out to achieve, like you said, if he's got the space. Um, and I think what's fascinating from from what he said about all these things is that, like, Netflix seems to want him to do that, like, just be Zack Snyder, which is fascinating because he's almost got that kind of Michael Bay problem for me where he can make stuff look fantastic, but perhaps the stories aren't as tight. Um, and we'll get to this in a, in, in a while, but... I mean, you know, as much as we love JJ, I, you know what I'm saying? He's mm, yeah. There was that announcement, wasn't there, that went earlier this week about the new Batman animated series? Yes, yeah, yeah. Bruce Tim's back doing his thing, but JJ's on board, you know, doing a thing, and that's what I mean. It it taints your view, and it taints your opinion on stuff because if this would have happened 
God, however many years ago before The Force Awakens, and we had a Batman announcement, and JJ was on board, it's probably been like, sweet. Mm. This is going to be good. going to be good. But because of all the crap that's happened with Star Wars since then, now when you see that JJ's attached to something, you're immediately like, oh, it should be okay. <laughs> should be good. But we know what happened with the sequel. So, and I feel like that kind of links into what you were saying with Snyder and the whole Michael Bay thing. Unless they've, unless they're given the space to do their thing, you end up with just this like style over substance all the time where the mm. studio wants the movie to look amazing and just, you know, look like a real modern epic blockbuster film. But then the underlying story is just a bit weak. It's just a bit meh, a bit meh. So yeah, I read you, dude. Old JJ as well. But then well, we don't know what's, we don't know what happened with JJ. I don't know. I don't know if he pushed back enough to say, look, this is what I want to do. And they're like, well, you can't because Ryan Johnson fucked you over with that bit. And then the fans want this bit. We want that bit. Just get back to work, you little nerd. And he's like, all right then. Well, it's a funny thing, isn't it, with JJ? And that, that actually sort of leads us to the next piece of story. Um, because he's also come out this week. Um, <laughs> and this is a quote. So, I mean, this has been all over the place, but this is, this is what Esquire pulled out as their byline. Um, JJ Abrams admits the obvious. <laughs> Disney didn't have a real plan when they made the new Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> And then the tagline or the subline is having a plan, I have learned, in some cases the hard way, is the most critical thing because otherwise you don't know what you're setting up. And like, a <clears throat> couple of things, right? First and foremost, Snyder does this thing and gets hammered for it. Abrams does this thing, gets hammered for it by half the people, but sort of gets away with it. So that's the first thing. <laughs> The second thing, right? This is the guy that brought us Lost. Who, you know, with what, you know, the other two guys, I forget their names. He was Damon Lindelof, you know, the other guy. These are the kings of setting stuff up and not having a damn clue how to finish them. Like, they do not know how to finish stuff. It's, that's it. It's crystal clear. It's been proven time and again. So you're Kathleen Kennedy, you know, and you think to yourself, who would we get in to finish off this multi-billion dollar nine film saga? I'll tell you what, <laughs> let's bring JJ back. Cause he, but he can start stuff well, as we saw in The Force Awakens. It's, you know, for, for what it's worth, the criticism around it, you know, being just a rehash, that's kind of all right, because they're sort of, you know new neo-government, new neo-dictators, you know, that that's sort of all right. I was all right with that. It was a hard job to, to pull off to be able to, to do that. From there, do not get JJ back. <laughs> like, he can't, he can't finish, a, like, he probably can't finish a sandwich, you know? So now what's fascinating is this is not like Super 8 or like a small indie film where he's come out and gone, yeah, actually, you know, that 20 million that we spunked on that. <laughs> Won't be doing that again. This is Star Wars. And he finished, he's admitted that they finished the entire Skywalker saga without a plan. Holy crap. <laughs> mm. I mean, we knew it, it was clear, but they've now said it. Dude, it's nuts. 
Dude, you know what? I think this happens a lot more than what we're privy to, if I'm being brutally honest with you. I mm. think it's only because it's Star Wars and it's such a franchise that everybody wants to dig into in every tiny detail. Not just fans, but the press as well, obviously, from uh, this is from Esquire, right? So I think this happens a lot more than what we we think it does in everything. In everything. We had it today, uh, this week, sorry, in, in the UK with UK politics this week. There's a dude that got sacked from government, has come back and has literally demolished every single person that works in the UK government right now by basically saying the same thing. During COVID, we did not have a plan, but to the outside world, it looked like we did. Mm. So I think that this happens a lot on the big, like big franchises, big stuff. And uh, yes, yeah, so I, th- I mean, the Esquire thing is really funny as well. JJ Abrams admits the obvious. And then the quote they use is just another obvious thing. It's like, I can't imagine JJ saying this either. Like having a plan is the most critical thing because otherwise you don't know what it's like. That's the most obvious thing that you could say Mm -hmm. about the subject of having a plan. It's just ridiculous. So when you apply that, when you layer that on top of star Wars, that just makes the fans even more like, you know what we were saying a minute ago? Like he kind of got away with it. You know, it wasn't an amazing film, but it kind of sailed through because it was the first one and the hype was there and stuff. But then, I mean, you're absolutely right what you say. I've never seen Lost, so I, I'm I'm not sure on how it ended and stuff. But I know from talking to mates and, and seeing it in the press at the time that everybody was really disappointed with the ending and how it finished because they didn't really know what to do. But I, I think that happened with Game of Thrones as well. Mm, then thing. when you dig into Game of Thrones, you also uncover that because um, what's his face? Who's uh, who's Tubby with the beard that wrote the things? Oh, Tubby Beardison. Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah, uh, they're basically flying blind because the author is like ten years behind bringing the other books out. So yeah. the people making a TV show are like, well, we've got no plan because the author hasn't written it yet. So we'll just kind of do this. So, dude. I'm not surprised by this because I think it happens a lot more. We just don't know about it. But it just so happens that because it's Star Wars, they've dug into it. But it's crazy, man. Isn't it? I can't imagine JJ coming back and doing any more Star Wars, if I'm being honest. No, no. Do you know the best thing they could have done with this is let Ryan Johnson do his thing. Let JJ do the first one because he op- he's an opener. You know what I mean? Let Ryan Johnson do his thing because he's a bit of a shaker-upper. You know? Mixes things up. His films aren't obvious. Look at the Breaking Bad episode. One of the best ones there, but if you write it down on paper what happens, you'd be like, this is shocking. But (laughs) the best person they could have got in for this, at least to write it, Big Kev Smith. Get him in. Get him in. Because he's so story-led. Not saying that he should have directed it, but get Big Kev Smith in. Or Little Kev Smith now, because he's lost a lot of weight and he's doing well. Like, that guy is so, number one, mythology-focused. Number two, so emotionally attached to everything that he looks at. And number three, it just says what if to everything. Oh, dude, you know, what if this was this and what if that was that? Like, the amount of stuff that could have come out of just someone being able to have a creative look at everything as it had happened and really write a story around it. It, it sort of feels like that's what we almost got with the Trevor thing. You know, it was mm, touching the prequels. Um, mm-hmm. But it needed someone not, like yeah. that, you know. I'm not down for Smith doing it, dude. 
I'm not talking no. directing. Definitely the writing, though, for me. Yeah, I'm don't get it wrong. I love old Kev, big Kev. I just feel like he's too off. He he's too off base with for mainstream Star Wars. Yeah, I that's think fair. For, for some for some Disney Plus stuff or a spinoff, maybe. I don't know. He, he just seems like he's too. Uh, dude, it's Filoni all the way, man. Filoni. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Come on. Got to no be more. on it. Don't need to say anymore. Yep. Yeah. And what a stupid thing to not even consider. <laughs> Isn't it? If you're Kathleen Kennedy, you're like, right, who has created the most revered Star Wars content pretty much outside of the first three films? Mm-hmm. And... George is retired... Isn't he? George is retired. Who's the next best thing? Oh, the dude that George Lucas picked to replace him. Oh, that dude. Nah, leave him. Leave him. And the Mandalorian season one had already come out by the time it got released. Now, I'm not saying that there was time to do that, but the Mandalorian wasn't written and then filmed in two weeks. You know what I mean? This is all Mm. sort of been in the pipeline for such a long time. Yeah. It's all, it is almost <laughs> stupidity when you think about it. <laughs> Isn't it? It's borderline stupid. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's like the uh, it's like the inmates running the asylum at Lucasfilm. It is. Cool. And it's, yeah, it really is. Oh, well. Well, thanks for confirming that, JJ. Not that we had any doubt. Uh, speaking of stuff <laughs> that will never happen. Um, right, so... Uh, Twitter. You know, since Snyder Cut. <laughs> I love that, right. Twitter. <clears throat> the Twitter. Talk to me. Talk yep. to me. Maserati 4200, talk to me. <laughs> Twitter, talk to me. So since the Snyder Cut, which was, you know, great to see that happen, but let's be honest, it was this perfect storm of things. You know, everything to do with COVID, everything to do with HBO Max launching, like, this probably will not happen again at that scale. But now everything's on Twitter. Everything's a hashtag, including this week, Make Solo 2 Happen. Not going to happen. For a couple (laughs) of reasons. The first one didn't make that much money. The story's probably not that interesting. And honestly, they've got bigger fish to fry. However... This is not about a movie. Everyone's calling for this to be a Disney Plus series, which actually I could get on board with. Han Solo, in those years, is prime Disney Plus TV series, six-episode fodder. Doesn't need to be a big movie. Doesn't need to return on a movie budget. Doesn't need to worry about any of that stuff. All it needs to do is just be good and keep people tuning in. Doesn't need to be Mandalorian level in terms of budget. So actually, I sort of get on board with this, but I don't think it will happen. What say thee? No, I don't think it will happen. I don't think there's enough story to dive into. No, no disrespect to, to Han and and the the other the, the rest of the backstory after the first solo film. It just felt like a. And don't get me wrong, I really did like the solo film. I do like it. It, it, it is a good film, but I feel like it just kind of borderlines on a lot of fan service for the sake of it. So I don't think there's enough, like the stuff they've covered in the film is probably 
like the crux of Han's early life covered, you know, done. I think after that, it's probably, I mean, if it was going to be anything, like you said, it would be cool if it was a Disney Plus thing, Mm -hmm. because then it would be that sort of, um, like this week, Han's robbing these people and he's off on an adventure and he's doing that thing. They wouldn't have to worry about condensing a fairly big arc into a couple of hours. So that would be cool, but I just can't see it, dude. It's just one of those, and I know the fans love it, this um, Make Solo 2 Happen has been around for a year or so now. And it keeps popping up like every now and then there'll be a, a burst of it on Twitter for a couple of days and it'll fade away. But I just don't think I just don't think Disney have got any interest in that. Even even if Solo did really well and it sold loads and it wasn't it wasn't a flop technically, but even if they didn't consider it a flop, I still don't think they would continue to do anything else with it. I just don't know if there's enough story, dude. In there. I don't know. Well, it, this would be a bit of a dark night thing, you know, for me. Where it's a Batman film, but he's the least interesting character. Like Kira, Darth freaking Maul. You put Darth Maul in anything, he's he's taking over these at these at this point, you know? <laughs> because he has to do is the most interesting thing. You're like, what are you doing here? And not because he's because they're glad to see him. And <laughs> that's the thing, isn't it? You put someone like that in, you get the Luke Skywalker problem. He's so badass. <clears throat> you know, what could Han Solo do apart from calamitously set up a Jar Jar Binks-style escapade that would inadvertently take down Darth Maul. Do you know what I mean? He's not... Mm. He's a freaking Sith. And he's a crime lord. And he's got robot legs. Like, he's going to yeah. nail you, in it. So he's the most interesting well, thing. Of course, yeah. And I think if they had... If they do end up doing something, I think people will be around for... Like, I'm here for Darth Maul rather than Han Solo. And even Kira, like, what what is she doing with him? Where does she end up being? Why is she not referenced anywhere else? And Han's like, well, we know it's a bit like the Titanic. We know it's going to sink. He's going to turn up in, in a new hope. Like, you know, that it's just not the interesting part, like you said. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have said about um, Crimson Dawn stuff and Darth Maul and Kira and stuff like that. That's all great storytelling. It just doesn't involve Han Solo. <laughs> mm. That's the thing. So if you want to make a Crimson Dawn Disney Plus show that stars Darth Maul as the leader of that crime outfit and Kira's turned up and some other stuff's going on, that sounds good. That'd be good. But you can't you can't just keep having Han Solo come back because he's not mentioned anywhere after he turns up in episode four. No, you can't you can't have that character just be absent from all of the mm. pre pre what is it zero ABY mm. timeline and then in Disney Plus he's like all over the place like fighting Darth Maul doing all that stuff he's like dude you know he's not anywhere and especially oh. given you know given Obi-Wan's relationship with Darth Maul and the fact that if someone like Solo was going to become such a thorn in the side of the person that turns up on Tatooine to kill Darth Maul, you'd be like, nah, it's too close. Like, it's a big galaxy. The idea of Han Solo was fascinating because he was just this guy that was just happened to be in the right or the wrong place at the right or the wrong time, depending on your perception. And <clears throat> there was nothing in it. And that was kind of the, that was sort of my first, even though I like the movie now, my first initial reaction was just like, oh, we didn't need that. It was just a Wikipedia page on film. You know, we sort of didn't need that. 
now I, I like it, you know, I really like it just for a swashbuckling sort of space pirate smuggler sort of heist adventure movie. I actually quite like it for that. And it doesn't need to be Star Wars for that to be. It could have just been any old sci-fi franchise, you know? Didn't need to be anything else. But you're right. Like, if he's a major player in the galaxy at this point, I I don't know. Like you said, it doesn't clock up, does it? Not really. It, it feels like Han was just a like a nobody. And I, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but it just feels like he was a bit of a nobody character until... Um, Luke and, and Obi-Wan bumped into him in the cantina up to that point. So if you make a show where he's all over the place, mm. all over the galaxy, it just doesn't quite add up. Yeah. Yeah. Who, know, who knows? Get we'll JJ see. on. I'm sure he'll sort it out. Yeah. We'll start it well. Good God. Yeah. Not happening. JJ, writing and directing episode one. Yeah. Comes back for the last episode just to really make a mess of it. Just to do it. Yep. Cheers, JJ. <laughs> JJ, get out. Right, <clears throat> we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about something that's a stretch, and then we're gonna talk about something sort of in the discussion section that I think could be quite fun. Uh, right, so I'm gonna read you this headline. Uh, this is from InsideTheMagic.net. This is what I like to call clickbait. So, <laughs> Star Wars just teased Grogu's existence almost thirty years earlier. First up, no, it didn't. But the tale is this. Uh, you know Omega from Bad Batch? Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yep. Don't know what that was. Uh, but. Scottish. Yeah. It's my South African friend. Um, <clears throat> have you noticed that she does sound a bit South African when actually Tamura's like not. He's not South African, is he? No, no, no. Didn't think so. Was he from New Zealand? Is it Kiwi? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, correct. So, Fennec Shan turns up. Boba Fett's buddy from The Mandalorian, right? Last time we saw her, she's all over the internet in Jabba's palace with Boba. Been all over The Mandalorian. Ming Na Wen does a great job. She come back, comes back to voice Fennec Shan in her younger years, which, you know... This is um, a good 25 years earlier. So she's only a babby. Call her 20. Let's call her 20 for argument shit's sake. And uh, she's a bounty hunter doing the thing. She's trying to find Omega. And we don't know who she's working for. Um, but she is trying to find Omega because she believes, and we all believe, we think that Omega is a Force-sensitive clone. Like, that's the thing that's coming out in all of this. Like, we pretty much clocked it from day one. Like, you know what I mean. You know the sitch. Um, anyway. Inside the Magic has created this clickbait headline based on a huge stretch, which is basically, what if she was fairly sympathetic to a young Force-sensitive person because of her experiences with Omega back in the day? Now, there's two sides to this. I'm up for it. Cool. But don't do a clickbait like that. That's shite. <laughs> like, it's actually a great theory. But the clickbait, you don't have to do it. You're better than that. But then they sell advertising, so I get it. So quite a nice theory is that this impressionable young woman um, sort of wants to end up protecting her mark instead of handing her over 
And, you know, maybe does something a little bit awry, maybe sort of lets things fail a little bit. And when she encounters a similar scenario 25 years later, she decides to throw in with the people protecting him in, Gro- in Grogu. Um, so, like I said, nice little theory, but the clickbait is shocking. <laughs> well, we seem to have this on a weekly basis, dude. Star Wars, isn't it? Star Wars, man. Like so many websites. Do you know what it is? I think they're just trying to keep their hand in the ring, you know? So while there's nothing big happening in the world of Star Wars, because it is quite quiet at the moment, although we've got the Bad Batch trickling along, which is cool, there's no big announcement at the minute because E3 is around the corner. Mm -hmm. So we might get some video game news from that, you know, the new open world stuff that Ubisoft's working on. So we might get some video game news. But other than that, we haven't really got anything lined up. We certainly haven't got any other those trilogies that, you know, Johnson's supposedly working on and, you know, all the other stuff. So I think they just do this clickbait stuff just so that you can just keep coming back to their website to get regular Star Wars news. But it's just wrapped up in a, uh, you know, in a, it's just a nowhere. It's just a nothing story. So it's kind of a cool theory. I can see what they're trying to do. But at the same time, it's just a bit, uh, I don't know. It's very, very thin. It's a lethal weapon moment. It's very thin. It's a nice idea, though, but it's just, it's not an article, is it? And it shouldn't be Star Wars just tease Grogu's as this. Like, that's like someone, like, spotting a sandwich on the floor on a movie from the 60s and then being, like, posting an article that is, like, here is the connection between the last scene in the Avengers movie and this film from the 1960s because they both feature food. <laughs> it's loose, man. Yep. At best. At best, yeah, absolutely, man. And you have to wonder what high fives they're all doing around the office at inside the magic.net, the website where this story finishes. I mean, it's like the dudes at this hammering away on his computer. He's like, dudes, I've got this amazing Star Wars story. This scoop. And then the soon the scoop, yeah, and as soon as they hit live and they've got Google Analytics and they're on you know, live view and they see hundreds of people flooding on the page. He's like, Kiss my folks. But then at the end of the day, it's like, What was that story you typed the other day? Oh, I can't remember. Rubbish, wasn't it? Yeah. Got a few clicks out of it, so doing the business. I once went to a uh uh, we were on this startup accelerator years ago. We visited this agency whose job it is to create create clickbait. And you know, you see those slideshow posts, like you know, top ten beauty tips or you know, celebrities. Now and then, you'll not believe number fifty. You know that kind of shite. And you, uh, yeah, the, the the point is that when you click through it, because they they load them up like a slideshow, like you got to keep clicking next. And because what they do is they serve impressions on the ads and they sell the impressions and they say, look, we'll do your campaign when you get X amount of impressions and we guarantee it. And they just create all of these. And so they're basically, it's one article. So every time you and me go on, we go through the 50 celebs that we can't believe have transformed. That's 50 impressions mm-hmm. because they just serve the ad. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking shady, man. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not saying these guys are doing that just for clarity. I am not saying that <laughs> these guys are doing that. But what I am saying is that this exists. This exists. <laughs> what we are saying is that shit happens and who are you going to call? 
Exactly. Certainly not us. Adbusters. Adbusters, oh. yeah. Right. This is an interesting yeah. one. I've saved this for last because I think we'll probably end up riffing on this a little bit, right? So, um, I sort of seen this on Twitter and then I saw it reported on Den of Geek as well, um, which is good because Den of Geek has collated a few good things for us to talk through. So, thank you, denofgeek.com. Um, Ali Cortez, someone on the old Twitter, at uh, TalkWithAli, with a Y, uh, tweeted a few days ago, you wake up as the head of Lucasfilm, what's the first thing you do? And this thing went viral, which is pretty cool. Now, the reason that I wanted to leave this till last was because I want to ask you that question, and we'll have a little chat around what we'd individually do, but I want to recap some of the answers first of all. Um, so let me let me zip through. Some of them are great, some of them are satirical. Uh, bitter bants. Um, so I'm going to zip through these. This is These are just the ones that Denegeek chose to embed, but there's loads on the original tweet, which will stick in the show notes. So um, you wake up as a head of Lucasfilm. What's the first thing that you do? Uh, Attack of the Tom says, cast Brie Larson as Mara Jade, directed by Ryan Johnson, which, you know, there is some rumour of that happening. Next, <clears throat> the old um, Motu drawing, at Motu drawing, which I think is Master of the Universe, uh, at Master of the Universe drawing. He's got, a, he's got a list, or she's got a list. Vader Trilogy, set between episode three and Rogue One. Pretty good idea. Solo 2, see above. Next, live-action Star Wars series set between New Hope and Empire. Not bad. Rogue 2, a heist movie featuring bounty hunters taking Frozen Hand from Fett, Fett reclaiming it, and the Rebels acquiring second Death Star plans. That's kind of going on in War of the Bounty Hunters in the comics at the minute, which is good. Um... A roundup of a TV show of all the other Sith Masters up to Fal- Palpatine following the adoption of the Ruler 2, um, starting at the end of the Jedi Sith War uh, with Darth Bane. Then we've got a spin off series about Finn and his journey to become a Jedi Master. Then we've got the origin story of Water, which I'm completely up for. And then the last one, which I'll mention actually, two things. I'd make Jar Jar Binks Sith Lord Canon. That's from N Super Arta 2. And then the other one is this one. Which sounds good to start with, and then they use capital letters, which is a bit much. So this is from Ken from Chicago. Um, Don't know where he lives. So this is, in the wake of the destruction of Palpatine in the Final Order, one Snoke clone barely manages to survive. Filled with rage at the Resistance and Palpatine, it scours the galaxy for a Sith temple to conquer death and finds it. That actually sounds all right as a comic or something. What does he find? A door to the past. Capital letters. <laughs> and then he's got all these pictures of the world between worlds. You know, whatever, that's quite cool. Um, so, dude, first up, some of these ideas, they range from the satirical to the not-so-bad, uh, and to the half-decent, actually. What say they on some of these? Yeah, some of them are all right. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm up for the Mara Jade thing. I think I am. But they'd have to be very, very careful about how they bring Luke into that story for obvious reasons. So I think I'm up for that. It's pretty cool, but they'd have to be careful. Ryan Johnson, JJ, keep them their hell out of this one. Cause that Felonian. Yeah. Bring Felonian. Cause if that's not handled properly, that will just screw Luke's character up even more in the eyes of a lot of fans. So I think I'm up for that one, but who knows? Um, the Vader trilogy between episode three and rogue one. That's pretty badass. Wouldn't mind that. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Spin off about Finn and his journey to become a Jedi Master. I don't think uh, he'd become a Jedi Master. That's weird. 
because there's no Jedi Order. So we'd have to find out, first of all, who set up the Jedi Order. Certainly not Rey at this point. Uh, Watto, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, this last one, The Wake of Destruction with Palpatine and Final Order, all that stuff. There's a Snoke clone goes on to find a Sith Temple and conquer death. That's kind of cool. But I think fans are more hungry for other Sith Lords in the canon or the legend stuff to have a bit more. We spoke recently about Darth Revan. Are they quietly, slowly bringing him into canon properly? And they're going to do stuff with that. And then Dark Malak. And, you know, those guys, I think fans are probably more hungry for that rather than a Snoke clone becoming like a big ass, big, uh, (laughs) big ass, a badass Sith Lord um, doing that stuff. So, yeah, a few of them are very cool. Yeah. What about you? Uh, literally the same rundown, dude. Sorry. The exact same rundown. Uh, what would you do if you woke up as head of Lucasfilm? What's the one thing? You can only have one. Well, the first thing I would do... No, no, the I've got two. You can do. Breaking the rules. Breaking the uh, rules. Got here two. we go. Here we go. Strap in. Right, first one is I would bring out the original trilogy pre-special edition. I think people just need that. We've asked for it for however many decades, whatever now. Uh, But that's just a sly dig. Uh, And then the most important one, so what would I do in terms of stuff moving forward? Um, I would probably... I would probably just can all of the film projects. And focus on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I'd I'd probably can it all off. Because all we're doing is going around in circles at this point, saying that people are working on films or they're working on trilogies. Nothing's happening, man. But, you know, it's clear that all the focus is going into Disney+, Plus for a very good reason. So I would continue that, and I would just give the film stuff a break for a good few years, and then revisit once we've got our shit together. Yeah. Like it, dude. I would would take your concept and bolt on the idea of just simply focusing on Luke Skywalker for a while. Now, I know that's very simple, but I think, number one, it gets the fans what they want and need, which is redemption for the character. But I think it gives you so much opportunity to to introduce a wider universe that can then spin out. I think there's so much unused territory there that it would be such a simple starting point that you wouldn't have to worry about whether fans would like it or not. I think you would just, because at that point, they're just wanting something. Um, and again, you'd get Filoni on it and you'd just do it like that, wouldn't you? And, and you, the beauty of that is you could bring in all of these things from the Mando and a few other bits and bobs. Um, so for mm, me, that would yeah. be like, it's sort of a focus on one thing scenario. Um, that's not to say that it would just be one series a year. It might end up being, you know, this cross-media thing they're doing with the High Republic. Do something with that character and win the fandom back over. Yeah, that's not a bad shout actually, dude, because it's clear, isn't it, from um, just general fan feedback over the years. People, they're still hungry for Luke, man. They still want to see more stuff from him and more stories and whatnot. So, yeah, Um, um, actually, yeah, I quite like that. Focus on Luke for a while because he did get a bit of a rough ride in The Last Jedi. Let's not beat around the bush. Although Ryan Johnson did do a kind of a change of direction, not what we expect, what we expected for that character. You know, I think we do need to bring him back, bring him back from that 
you know, just that's another big subject, dude. We'll talk about that for ages. But yeah, it's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. Sure, sure how he got to that jaded state. Mm. Um, and, you know, because people want to see him the great Jedi Master. Like, just give them that for a bit and then show how... I don't think people will be too f- upset about that end result of Luke if they saw why. And what a story that could be. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, get Sebastian Stan in. There's your lead actor. Get Filoni in to write it. There's your writer sorted. And then just do what they did for The Mandalorian, draft in all of these very cool directors and just work it through, man. It'd be wicked. Yeah, I agree. That'd be awesome, actually, man. Yeah. I agree. I agree. What would you do listening out there? What would you do? Let us know on Twitter at rebellion underscore spark. Now, we're going to stick a pin on it right there this has been good thanks for covering again last week dude it's uh, it's good to get back into this and, uh, and and just dig in a little bit more but i appreciate you covering and thanks to you the constant listener for all your support and to all of our patrons over on patreon.com slash spark of rebellion where you can join up for as little as a book and support the show that you love so next week we'll have a little bit more news i'm sure there's always plenty going on and if there's not plenty going on we've got people making shit up so either way we'll have something to talk about which is fantastic for us until next time that's a goodbye from me and Gaz thank you very much dude always a pleasure always a pleasure my man thank you very much as always it's always good to talk about the cool stuff and the crappy clickbaity stuff it's entertainment nonetheless yeah so thanks dude we'll see you guys next week until then take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always always